Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about becoming the person you want to be, mm. the desire to belong versus the desire to improve yourself. Hmm. Love it. What an intro. <laughs> what an intro, Danny. Um, I can't even remember where I was hearing this from, but I remember listening to a podcast a while ago and they were talking about this concept of, you know, the desire to belong versus the desire to improve. And they were basically speaking to the importance of surrounding yourself with people in a circle where the desired behavior is the normal behavior. So for example, when we're trying to like change habits or change behaviors or change things that we do on a daily basis, rather than always trying to flex a willpower and just being like, oh, I just won't do that. I just won't drink or I just won't or whatever it might be. When the people around you are potentially doing those things, um, our desire to belong in a circle or, you know, go into peer pressure or what the people around us are doing is always going to override our personal goals or our desire desire just to be better in any way. And I really resonated with that because I feel like environment and your circle of people, it's still like underutilized in terms of like changing your identity and like adopting a new means or a new way of being. Yeah. And it's such, you know, I'm sure we've all been in this experience, but it it really brings up some feelings when you are in a group and they haven't changed, but then all of a sudden you realize, hang on a minute, I want to take this new path or I don't want to be like you guys anymore. And you can, you can feel so isolated or you can feel like an outsider and it's just such a bizarre feeling. I mean, it's so important to be able to have those feelings because that means you're growing, you're making a change in your life, but it can be very, very isolating when you do have that realization and go, oh no, I need, I want to be different now. Where are my connections? Mm, Yeah. Did you experience anything like that when you moved? Because I feel like when you move like from town to town, it's always one thing. But then obviously moving to another state, you would have had Paul obviously in his circle of groups. So I'm not sure whether you noticed a difference, but just by like moving locations. Yeah, and it's really interesting. And excuse the man with the leaf blower right outside the window. If you can hear that, we're good. Okay, we're good. Keeping the outside clean. Thank you, sir. Yes. I mean, that was probably the most recent um, change that actually still comes up. Mm. And even last week, I will go straight into the stories, but I had a really interesting frame of mind. I don't know. I remember us talking about it. I was miserable last week. I'm like, Sherelle, I feel so lonely. You know, I I just want to be with my people. Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I love Sydney and it's fucking awesome and I love Paul. And maybe I was a bit PMS, overtired. I don't know what the hell was going on, but I had one of the most miserable weeks of my life. I literally cried every day. It was so out of character for me, but I kept going back to feeling isolated and even in my head I'm like I just feel so lonely and yes I have connections here but I feel like when you're in that state of I don't know what was going on there was just it was just one of those shit weeks and then you go into a state of I need to connect with people and yes my people like my closest people are in Melbourne so I didn't have that so that sent me in such a state of isolation and and everything and I even I read a book on it called Lost Connections because I'm like I don't know what the oh, fuck yeah, to yeah. do I'm calling my mates I've got you to talk to but sometimes you just want to have a, a hug or you know what I mean and 
So I read a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. I wrote it down in case anyone wants to know. And there was a chapter on it saying that as soon as you have feelings of isolation or feeling lonely, it is a survival mechanism for it to feel like shit. Because then how would we survive as a species? If if everyone was happy being on their own, there's higher chance of, you know, getting attacked by an animal or another human. Or if you're sick, no one's there to look after you. It's really tribal and ingrained in our DNA for it to feel like shit when you feel lonely because that makes you take action and connect and and all of that. So I feel like you have to go through those waves to then find new means of connections. But I suppose that's a, a long way of me saying while well, be, being distracted by the leaf blower, man, you know, you, you will be placed in circles that feel so foreign and it is normal if you feel really bad, but then that's going to force you to make new connections or make more effort in connecting with people to then find that ground to find a circle. So I don't want people to think that I I hate Sydney. I just had a really sad week. And then I defaulted back to Melbourne, blah, blah, blah. Then I checked the weather. I'm like, oh, no, Sydney's fine. It's it's raining (laughs) down there. Why don't I want to go back down there? So then give that prompting deep question straight off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when we were speaking about it last week as well, like it's so normal to go through those phases. And I would say like when did you move out of home? Like you lived at home for quite a while and then when you moved out you weren't far from your parents as well is that right yeah so I moved out oh maybe five years ago or six I would have been early 20s but um first I moved out 45 minutes away from home mm. so no one came to visit because it was too too far basket anyway <laughs> yeah. I know I moved down by the beach but then went quite close to home so all of this yeah. connection came up around lockdown because yeah. I was competing I was on my own I was single I was fucking killing yeah. it don't need anyone independent woman sudden, independent woman literally didn't need any human for six <laughs> years and then all of a sudden something changed and then I, I craved that connection um I sw- I tapped more into that feminine energy you know competing is very masculine and when you're mm. goal driven it's very masculine however it's not a, a great environment to connect for sure yeah yeah, absolutely. Like the older that you get, the, the I guess the more I personally find that I value relationships. Like I was saying to Luke the other night, knowing that you're like 30, like how does it feel to know that you've, you're, you could be a third way through your life where you've only got like, do this again. And he's like, pretty good. Cause I can't remember anything before the age of like six or seven anyways. So like <laughs> to think I've got these two more times, that's a lot. And I was like, to me, it doesn't sound like a lot. Like it doesn't sound like a lot. And I think the older that you get when you're sort of like, have those realities come up and you have other perspectives happen. And, you know, like when you're younger, like you didn't know anyone that died. You just like funerals was not a thing. Whereas now I'm like, fuck, I hate funerals. I hate funerals. Who loves them, right? No one. But it's like those sobering moments that make you really have appreciation, I want to say, to like the relationships in your life and all those sort of things. So it's no surprise that that, that need for more connection and more belonging sort of grows because I think when you're like in those early teen years, you're sort of like, I'm out of here, like I'm going, early 20s, independent woman phase, like the era of just doing shit on your own. And I remember you saying to me last week um, when I was talking about, you know, I haven't seen my parents in like a couple of months or whatever it might be, and you're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, Mm. I was like thinking about it. I was like, 
I've just always done that. Like it's just the way it's been, right? But it makes sense that like you were saying, like you move 45 minutes away and you're like, that's so far. And I'm like, I moved five hours away. Yeah. Um, but it's just what we get used to, right? As well. It's like what we adapt to and our mind and body is very good at it. Um, it doesn't mean that it's like good, bad, right or wrong. It's just like what we notice, like a level of connection that we notice because we've all got and we, maybe we are, like some of us are listening to this, well, I sometimes am, where you like enjoy your own company. Whereas there's other people that like always have friends over. They're always doing something on the weekend. They're like always socializing. And I don't know if that's like labeling introvert, extrovert or whatever it might be, but I just feel like we all have a different level of connection that we need, like on a daily, weekly, monthly, annually basis that makes us feel like we're belonged or that we're in a in a herd in a tribe like in a group setting um that we're getting that human need like fulfilled it's so interesting and you brought up so many amazing points and one was like I was on the phone to a friend the other day and I'm saying as you get older like it it does get hard as in a sense of you experience more things in life you know you said funerals and you know we have to go through loss and or something might happen to us and and all of that so it is really interesting as you get older to find connections that can be the antidote to life's hurdles you know or maybe mm-hmm. maybe it is withdrawing or all of that but definitely as we we get older you do experience more hardships which you know, I'm not going to say it's a reality check, but almost in your early 20s or when you're a teen, you're a bit naive. You know, yeah. people still go through things at that age. You sort of think you're like, going to live forever. You're sort of like you, you're not yeah. you're not faced with mortality to really have any like, well, I'm just going to do what I want because like, you know, you never know. And I just think mm. that that's so important to remind yourself of because so many people just worry about shit and I'm like, you could die. Like not in a nice way, but like you could die tomorrow. Like it's okay to let some of these really small things go and just like do the things that you want to do. Cause I just feel like yep. a lot of people don't have that. And as you said, we definitely didn't. I was like, you know, worrying about everyone else, but you, I don't know, maybe you grow out of it. Maybe it is just a perspective thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then not to mention technology, although it is connecting us, it's drawing us further away. Like, you know, we don't, hug people as much or eye contact, you know, even holding real eye, like we're staring into each other's eyes on Zoom, which, yeah, beautiful eyes, Cheryl. However, like nothing beats in real life where you just feel each other's energy and, you know, because energy is so real and Mm. it's so contagious that you, you, we rob ourselves of that by being, you know, isolated in computers and things. So I think it also is not only an age thing, but then the way that we are going as a society with technology, it's, it's changing a lot. So it's super interesting to observe. Loneliness is on the increase um and I've read this in many studies I think because I was researching it and that maybe my awareness was on it particularly after the pandemic you know Mm. we were forced into isolation away from groups where a lot of people are there at the moment so it is important to rekindle groups or if you've had realizations you know when you were away from your certain group maybe you do need to find a group but at the end of the day whether it's you know one close person or or 20, we still need to be a part of something. It is just, it's literally survival. It Mm. is survival. Yeah, it is a human need, right? Because 
back, you know, thousands of years ago when we were in tribes, like we fought together, we band together, we we hunted together and all of these things dictated how strong a tribe was and therefore how fit and healthy um, and how long that group would be around. So even though it's like, yeah, well, you can live on your own and there are people that live on their own and, you know, there are people that do really well on their own. It's like, we can survive, but will we ever thrive? Like probably not because even when you're with someone else, like how much more innovative and creative and how much of a better problem solver are you? And like, you only know what you only know. So this is by like having circles around you to challenge your beliefs and give you different perspectives and different understandings and just a different lens in general is like invaluable. But I will say that like, as I've gotten older, my circle has definitely condensed. Like even my um, my friendship group from school is very big. And then I feel like you have circle in your circle, don't you? Like you have your like yes. fr- big friendship group that's like, you know, friends, but there was maybe like 20 of us or maybe a bit more. And then it's like as you, and then you've got your, your tight knits. And like even when I feel like I go home, like sometimes it's nice to go to big events where everyone's there, but I just I just value Good conversations with good people, like DMs. Remember a good DM when you yeah. have DM. I'm like, I just I can't be bothered with like shallow, like how's the weather? Like I'll do it sometimes because it's nice and you should just talk to people and catch up and that's nice. Yeah. But like there's just nothing better than going out for a coffee with someone or sitting down and like them genuinely being interested in what you're doing and vice versa. Like you having genuine interest rather than, you know, superficial, shallow conversations because we have it all day on social media. Let's be honest. Like we do it all day where it's just like passing and there's no context to the to the content that we're actually doing. And it's just like, thank you, thank you. Yep, no worries. Hi, how are you going? Rather than actually sitting down and someone asking like, how are you going? And I think it's so important not to get lost in the superficial stuff because it's not really helping us grow. It never is. Like it's important, as I mentioned, super important great for communication skills and you know it's something we always need to work on is like how we just interact with new people so we can stretch out of our comfort zone but it's super important to remember who like those big rocks are like those friends in your life that sometimes we can be we can take it for granted that you're like oh there I say I catch up with you know or whatever but it's like no 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 like those are the people that like help to shape you they will Pull, pull, uh, pull you up on your bullshit as well. Like when you're going through stuff, they'll be like, is that the truth? Or like, you know, do whatever. And I just feel like that's a really important part, like of just getting a bit older is making sure that you're feeding those relationships. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, you used to have a friendship group of 20 or I'd imagine even more, you know, down in Swan Hill, you talk about how people have hundreds of people at the weddings and things. Like how did you go from having a large group to then tighten it? Was it organic or did you have a realization that led to that? Like what brought you from that to now where you are? Mm, Good question. I feel like when I moved away um, from home, it was a little bit harder for me because not a lot of us did. So I felt like a little bit on the outside, if that made sense. And then when I'd come home and catch up, it was great. Nothing changed for like a few years. But then I made like, I guess, new different friends in a different circle. And I was exposed to people that I wouldn't have hung out with um, in like the nicest way possible. But just, you just at uni, you're not forced you're just like put in a room if that makes sense of like interests and like yeah you just start mingling with people and because you're a bit more mature like you don't have your friends from primary school that you carry to high school and you know beyond that you sort of like get to meet people so I feel like I just met 
like different people. And then I changed a lot as a result of that, like because of the new environment that I was in and the people I was being exposed of and their interests that challenged my beliefs and my behaviors and the way I did things. Um, and definitely gave me like a different lens to look through. So it was not intentional that that sort of happened, but when I went to uni, like I probably went home quite a bit in the first couple of years and that just got less and less and less because my life started to build elsewhere um, to where it is now, right? Whereas getting home sometimes, but challenging to be honest, because you lose a whole day just traveling. So it's like mm. you, I build a life elsewhere um, and that sort of helped me find new friendships. And I think when you relocate as like, you know, an adult, you don't have that 20 something group of high school friends like you you start finding more intimate connections based on interests right and based rather than just like oh we grew up in the same town and we're in the same year level so we're friends that's sort of the way it happens when you're younger whereas when you're older you're like oh I'm an adult like I I should probably find some friends that have the same interests that I actually can hang out with and not have to have resistance because I don't want to do that but I better because such and such like I just don't have time for that so I feel like these days like friendships are definitely um it's not so much a group anymore and I don't know if you've got this but it's not like a group I just have like different friends for different reasons and different purposes and like different interests and I think that's also really valuable too is to like stretch yourself and like understand that different relationships have like different meanings yeah yeah and you're right and that's good because who are we to expect everything that we need from one person Mm. and I'm sure you do get that when you're younger you know you might have those people but then as you're older and I totally agree with everything you've said like who has time you know half the time to manage all these friendships because a true connection is checking in on someone you know you might not physically see them but you know keeping up communication and it doesn't have to be every day, you know, but every now and then you have to sort of, or you want to actually talk to them. You don't have to do anything, but you want to check in or, Hey, how's that thing going? Or can I share something with like there's it's back and forth. And it's so interesting that as our goals change, you know, which is the topic of the podcast as well, you have to go through that hard initial phase. Like when, you and I both started competing, it's very different to being a normal person in their early 20s, you know, or late teen where you go out and party, you want to know everyone, you want to be, you know, the the centre of attention. I wanted all of that, which I don't know where it came from. It was just fun. It was just fun. Lots of surface level. D&Ms were when you were drunk, you know, uh, (laughs) drunk D&Ms that God knows what you're even talking about. But then the bodybuilding conflicted with all of my other friends and they supported everything. They were so good. But then they're like, oh, yeah, Danny's not as fun anymore. She doesn't come out clubbing or, you know, all of these things because you're just too damn tired to do it. Mm -hmm. So you physically cannot and you don't want to drink because it'll ruin your gains. So that was a big shift. And I know you would have gone through that too. It is a big 180 from that life. But then you find friends who have that common interest where you found each other. We've got our group. So Yes, the environment can shape who you are, but then you also have to shape your environment. But the key is in that to communicate. So like even Paul doing his prep now, it's very laser focused. And then, of course, I'm going to get bored shitless if we don't go out fucking, you know, at all for dinner or anything. But that's just, you know, it's natural to have those feelings because I love going out now. I'm not doing a prep. Yeah, I'm watching my training and nutrition, but I'm not like, four weeks out from a peaking, 
because that was me when I was, you know, doing it. However, now we have to communicate. I'm like, I just want to do fun shit. But then I also don't want to stop him. So we've had to talk about it. We've had, well, where can, where can I get that connection that doesn't revolve around him eating off his macros or you know what I mean? Like how do we connect in other ways that doesn't involve something? So whether it's your partner or your friends, I feel like rather than cutting people off who don't align with you, that's not nice. At least give them a chance Mm -hmm. to, to compromise and understand the new goals and understand the new mindset. And yes, you do have to let go sometimes. However, give people a a chance first. You can't just be like, nope, you don't align with me anymore. See you later. Like talk it out first. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you find yourself now? Like in the shorter term going for connection now that Paul's not there? Because I, I even think about like, with my, like with Luke, like you spend so much time with your partner. Like you really do You spend so much time together. And I remember seeing this thing and it was talking about on average couples spend one to two hours together on a day because they go to work and they come home, they watch TV and then they go to bed. And it's like, how much time do you actually spend your partner? It was like one to two hours on average for like the standard couple. And then I was thinking about Luke and I'm like, damn, we're together like 12 hours of the day. Like, cause we work together, we live together. We just do everything together. I'm like, we're together clearly had like 80 years of relationships up up our sleep you know maybe maybe divorce is not on the on the horizon for us in the long term but I if if Luke went away I feel like a little bit lost because he's like always there it's like you know someone that's always there so I'm curious for you like now that Paul does have you know he's probably spending a lot of time doing cardio and doing other stuff and training it's like a big time commitment um when you're doing something like that like where do you find yourself naturally going for more connection Yeah, interesting. And I was saying this to you last week. It's so different being on the other side. And I can totally understand why I was single for six years. (laughs) And it directly correlates with my bodybuilding career because it's just fucking easier just doing it on your own without someone else. I'm sorry, everyone. That is the truth. It is Life is so easy when you don't have to consider other people. Like, But it's fucking selfish and very empty. So we don't want that to be the goal. So now being on the other side, I'm like, oh, no wonder mum wanted me to move out of home. Not that I want Paul to move out of home, but I was ruthless when I was a young competitor. Poor mum. It's like, if you were in my way, see you later. Mm. Like, I so laser focused and I'm probably a little bit of an asshole. But anyway, we've had chats and and just really, because there's only maybe four weeks left, which is fine. But just, you know, being more organized, I think, even though in my head I'm like, I want to be spontaneous. Like, because yeah. he's so regimented right now. And I'm very regimented and I love alone time, mind you. But I also love that a little bit of connection. We got it right. So we, yeah, and it's only been a week since this conversation, which was probably coincided with my shit week last week, actually. So now I'm just sharing all my personal life on, on the podcast, which is why we're here. I was fucking bored. I was lonely. I'm like, I'm sick of doing the same walk every day, the same shit. I'm not in a prep. I'm not in a prep. I don't want to act like I'm in a prep. I don't want to feel like I'm in lockdown again, you know. So we just have, have it was a big reality check because you just get in your own autopilot. I didn't even know I felt this way. He didn't even know that it was like this. We just, it's all fine and well and you, we're working together. We're doing everything together. I connect through work. 
but for him he's like no that's still a persona for me I don't I don't feel like that's true connection when we're working and I'm like okay shit well if we're not working what are we doing Mm -hmm. and that led us to realize hang on a minute there's a lot of layers so basically just mixing it up I'm not I don't need fancy treatment I just want to go look at a different park that's different to the park that is the same damn park we would go to every freaking day just break up the routine even do the walk backwards even try a new coffee store you know Mm. bring go let's go watch a movie and bring a meal like all of those things but it it takes a lot of understanding the other person because you can no matter how long you're with someone you can understand their quirks. You can pretty much read their mind. However, when goals change and priorities change and we grow as people, all of those things changes. So we always have to communicate our needs in that snapshot in time because our needs will always change. So, yeah, it's just been interesting, like being on the other side of someone doing a prep. Like I would never not want them to do it. However, it brings up things. Mm, it brings up things and you're like, I didn't know that was down there. And then you find yourself trying to get get what you need from other sources, which is just so freaking interesting. Like how did you and Luke do it? I mean, you guys have been together the whole time you were competing. Mm. Um, yeah, what was your tricks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he probably felt the same, to be honest. I don't know mm. if I was prepped together. Like, you know how there's like couples that oh, yeah. do it together. I just think you need someone on the outside thinking normally because as you mentioned you don't even know that you think differently you don't even know that you're like not acting normal like and I can say that comfortably from having done it it's like you don't think normally like you've got body dysmorphia like your eating habits are weird as shit you know like you spend way too much you spend a lot of time training that's that's the way it is but it's definitely a very small percentage of the population that live like that like a extremely small percentage of the population so I feel like there has to be a level from the competitor to acknowledge that it's abnormal and to acknowledge like it's hard I get it like it's it's hard to you know be with someone that's four weeks out that's drained that you know going out for dinners like off the table and doing other things and being out of routine just drains so much energy and as we all know when we're dieting hard like your temper Mm. is like hard to manage and all of those things like you're just more difficult to be around right like it's harder to be a quality time together because the opposite person is always so fixated and worried about their food or their nutrition or their steps or all the things so I definitely resonate with what you're um, saying and I just felt like when I was prepping um, there was a lot of like you said communication so important but then there was also at the back end of a prep, I always understood that I had to get some knows that there's compromise. So, for example, I'm like, okay, the next, you know, I would say like the last six weeks of a prep shit for everyone involved. Beyond that, you can sort of get around it a little bit, right? But then that last like six weeks is so low on energy and food's low and everything's a chore and, you know, you're not the happiest person for a lot of the lot of the time. So I feel like that last bit, the same as like what you've just said, I would be like to Luke, okay, like this is the last grind, like I promise after this, <laughs> we will have a break, um, we'll go on a holiday and I give back to those relationships. You know, I do the dinners, I do all the social events, I do all the things, I accept the body fat that comes on back with um, having more flexibility when you're reversing out. Like I accept all of that because I'm like the number one most important 
thing to me is support because if Luke didn't support competing, I just wouldn't have done it, to be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't have. I would never have been that person that if my partner said no, as bad as that sounds, I know that Luke never would, but if I didn't have the support from the person I was spending the most time with, I just don't physically think I could because I have a big part of me that hates doing stuff that's so 100 hundred percent selfish all of the time um I just I just can't people out like I just hate that feeling where you're like letting other people down or just choosing something completely for yourself so I was always like yep six weeks this is it like I'm sorry I'm gonna be a bitch um we'll do our best and then I'd try and not be too bad like I feel like if you show you're suffering too much they're gonna start resenting it yeah um even more so it's mm-hmm. always that yin and yang you know where you're like okay this last stretch is tough but then I promise I'm going to give back, you know, and that's life. That's every season, even with business, you know, like we've spoken about this where I'm like the last season, I'm like, I don't have time for social events. I am exhausted. It's like a prep you know, going through yep. um, a big, a big phase in your business. So, and then on the opposite side, I'm like, okay, now I can go to the weddings. I can socialize. I can spend more time with family. I can have weekends off. So I feel like you're always just going to have that push and pull when it comes to relationships. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all that. And yeah, he's not complained one bit. Like he's been so good. It was more just like, I think I was having a week and then, uh, you know, the lack of activities and my closest friends aren't, you know, 10 minutes away. So it all just compounded, it all compounded. And, you know, yeah. So he's actually been so fine. You wouldn't even know that he's in a prep aside from, you know, not having those activities. So the main thing is, I think, just feeling heard. I just wanted yeah. to feel heard. He just wanted to feel heard. You know, your loved ones want to feel heard and just feel valid in their feelings and, and, and given the space to understand why do I have this weird feeling in my stomach? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And whether you're bodybuilding or not, like changing groups, will always or changing goals will always cause like a mirror reflection on the other person they will always start to have their opinion like should I start bettering myself do they think they're too good for me now like oh my god they just start to think about themselves and you might literally you know let's just say your mates go out drinking and partying every weekend or another one is actually people who love talking about other people and I've I've been in situations where you're just so you're in a circle and everyone's just talking shit about so many people. And then I hate doing that. You know, I've come I've grown up with bullying and it just sucks. Like I hate it so much. Not saying that you don't get sucked in and accidentally, you know, talk, but as as my default conversation is not about other humans. Like it makes mm. me sick. But if I'm the only one not contributing, then I and feel like I'm the bad guy doing something wrong. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why isn't she contributing to my gossip? Like, does you know? And it's just so you can you can be doing the right thing and being the good person, but if you're the different one, you can be made to feel like you're the one doing it wrong. It is just so bizarre. Like it's mm-hmm. full on. And then I can totally understand why people just default because it's easier almost doing that one thing that you hate doing if it means the attention is not going to be on you if it means people aren't going to think that you hate them for doing that thing you know what I mean yeah absolutely like you know there's a few different types of like unproductive um conversations and one of them is gossiping sort of Mm. like no one wins in it um it just makes the other person feel good right and I remember in one of Brené Brown's books um I can't remember what one might have been dare to lead um she was talking about 
that the the I guess the case or the story was that she was interviewing someone for a job, right? And then later on in another setting, the person come up and was gossiping about someone else in the office. And that was the reason at the end of the day why she didn't end up giving her the job when she asked. She was like, oh, I, I qualified. I, you know, I interviewed really well. And um, her response was like, oh, yeah, like, but then you went back and you were speaking sort of like, you know, you're gossiping about this person. So I don't trust you because you're gossiping about someone else. So you probably, you could do that about me, about the job, you know? And I was like, that's a really interesting way to look at it because if someone's coming to you and gossiping about someone else behind their back, and it's usually friends, right? Then you can be sure that they're going to do that to other people. So even by you saying like, oh, I just, you know, I'm not contributing, um, for the people that are right, it's actually a good sign. You know, what you know when someone's like not engaging, it's like a good sign that they're trustworthy, right? Because they they can agree or disagree, but at the end of the day, they're not going to sit there and, and add fuel to the fire. And I think it's so like it is so high school, but as you said, those behaviors carry on. And I just like if I ever catch myself in a in a circle that that's happening, I'm sort of like, I just can't be fucked. Yeah. Like I've just got bigger problems then who such and such as boyfriend slept with who like I just don't care and that's my sort of selfish way of like getting out of it being like I just don't care (laughs) I just don't care and I think that's always an easy get out rather than like you trying to be like oh well like a better not or trying to be like as you mentioned the odd one out sometimes you can just be like cool like, that's great. Can we talk about something that's actually interesting, going to add value to my life or, you know, not waste my time? And as we were speaking about, like, the older I get, just the less I care about other people's social lives or the mistakes they've made or whatever it might be because I, I completely understand both sides as well. And, you know, when it comes to those sorts of stories, you always only ever hear one side. And, like, yes. We've all had rumours. Oh, God. Like, I remember rumours where it'd be like, oh, Sherelle's with such and such or whatever. And you're like, how? How did we come to those conclusions? It's not even true, right? And I just think, as you said, like, when you've been on the opposite side, like, you can sort of see how stories can be twisted and whatever. But then I'm, I'm like, just genuinely, like, I just have bigger problems in my life. Like, I just have so many other things to worry about that I just don't care about this other person that I don't even speak to that that I wouldn't even say hi to in a passing conversation, right? And I feel yeah. like that's always my get out of like how I sort of exit the conversation without contributing. Yeah, oh, it's hard, man, because if people don't have anything else to talk about. That's look, it. Not, not everyone gets to live an amazing, exciting life. You know, people, some people resent their life and what they do in the day-to-day, so they get that enjoyment and connection through talking about other people, telling stories, and I can yeah. totally understand that, but... Those people are miserable. Their energy is drained. It drains your energy. Like I'm yet to be proven that gossiping has any positive benefits aside from connecting negativity. If it was positive connecting, great. Good on you guys. Connect over that. But I've I've not been proved otherwise, so I cannot engage in it. Like we've got other shit to worry about. Anytime you're distracted from your goals and from your way of life, it's just going to slow you down. So don't waste the brain power and the mental capacity talking about bullshit for no reason, you know, eyes on the prize, bite your tongue as much as you just want to say something in a situation to try and, you know, people over talk one another or they're loud and it's a big competition. 
you know, we've all had big families and and all of that. Like sometimes you just got to sit back, bite your tongue, and then that will make anything you say even more impactful because you're not the person who just talks, 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 talks all the time when people tune out. It's like, whoa, they've actually got something to say. It's going to be very important now because they don't talk all the time. So that's something that I've been practicing again. Like just sit back, don't engage if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Good leaders speak last. It's something I've been trying to practice too. And I feel like, uh, for people that love to talk, it's really hard, especially for people that love fixing problems. You just want to like jump in and fix all the problems. True. And then like you know, being told off so many times in meetings, like speak last, you know, like tribute last, let other people contribute first. And, you know, it's just like a natural tendency from someone that speaks a lot. So I definitely hear you when it comes to that of like trying to always contribute last and let people finish what they're saying. And it's so funny when you naturally leave space, people just feel it anyways. They'll be like, tell you something. And if you don't respond in like, 1.65 seconds they're talking again and they just don't know and then all of a sudden they just fix their own problem and you're like oh that was easy I don't even have to say anything right like that's so interesting but that's yeah. the art of communication right and that's the art of like really observing um these sort of things as well but something I wanted to really uh come back to and sort of like you know wrap everything up with is just about like ordering your circle and your environment as well because one of the biggest things that or one of the biggest benefits that I believe um, comes from creating new friendships and having new circles is being exposed to different people and having your beliefs challenged. So for example, um, even for me, like growing up in a small town, there was a way of doing things. There was a, a trajectory of how you lived your life, you know, you got got the partner, got the house, you got married, you did, and you know, you just you just did things a certain way. Um, you played netball on the weekends, you know, there was just always like a, a norm. And when you are only exposed to one way of doing something, you think that that is like the world, that is the way it, it you see things through. Whereas like moving away, being exposed to different people, being exposed even now in like in the business world, being exposed to different people, being like, oh, that's possible that's possible, right? That's the benefit of like constantly having your biases and your beliefs challenged to be like, well, if they can do it, I can. Like if they can achieve that, of course I can. Like there's no way I would have got into competing if I lived in Swan Hill, none. I would have played netball until I broke something probably. So it's just about having your beliefs and your biases um, challenged because the strongest beliefs we have are the ones that we can't see at the end of the day because we just live them. It's just who we are. It's our identity. But it's not until you see other people and how they do things from their beliefs. And this is the big thing about coaching circles and masterminds and friendship groups and networking. It's actually challenging your beliefs and it's the strongest thing that you're going to get from it. It's not the course curriculum. It's not the outcome. It's the beliefs that are going to get broken just by being exposed to that new circle of people. So I just wanted to touch on that because it's definitely the biggest value add that I've got just from networking and meeting new people, um, not just in the industry, but in my personal life. You know, there's people and friendships that I have that I like really look up to the way that they um, hold their relationships or the type of um, love and care that they give in their family and like all of those things. So being able to be exposed to those aspects from different people is super powerful. Yeah. And that's, you know, the best way to do it. You mentioned moving away and, you know, changing your environment, whether it be your physical or the people around you, or even your mindset, you know, internal environment, that is the best way for a perspective shift and Mm. and to have different realizations and to see things outside the box, because we live in a world of, you know, autopilot, 
as much as we change up our day, we're still going to have the things that we hold on to for safety. We're still going to have our mannerisms, our habits, our, Mm -hmm. our rituals, and to throw yourself in a foreign environment, although it can be overwhelming, you know, I did experience that and sometimes I still experience it. It's just so interesting to observe, you know, everyone's just doing what they feel is right. So take sport, for example, in Victoria, it's very AFL. It's the Bible. It's the sport. Here, it's the same shit, but it's just a different NRL. Like, but people are having the exact same conversations. They're they're watching the same sort of thing. You know, they're, they're, it's it's like parallel universes with the mm. same human behavior, but just differences based on what they're used to. And I think it is important to have those anchors and to have those things that allow you to just feel a sense of certainty that you can predict, but if you do want to change, you you need to start to let go of those a little bit in order to allow new experiences to come in. So if you do it a little bit too quickly, it can be overwhelming for some. Others, they go and travel, you know, overseas on their own. Like, mm. th- come at me life. Like, anything, anything goes. I can be anyone. I can, you know, think any way that I want. So, yeah, auditing your circle, changing your environment, do it in a way that feels safe for you. But mm. it has to be done if you are to change your path and you just will find people um, to support you in your new goals. Even if you don't have them now, it's just that awkward, uncomfortable thing that you have to go through in order to find them but you know people are going to be there no matter what you just have to be open to receive it and then you have to be self-aware and able to communicate your your needs as well so it's mm. never clean cut we, we'd never say just cut people off but um you know you're going to piss people off if you have new goals people are going to whether your new goal is how good or bad whether you're going down a, a healthy path or an unhealthy path you know people are always going to have opinions mm. no matter what so you just have to do what feels good for you because they might be trying to protect you and pull you back or they might be threatened by something that's new because then it's a mirror on them not changing like there's a lot of psychology in it however just do it you got it's yeah. your life honestly yeah really good i feel like as well you know, something that we've been speaking about, and I just want to give the reassurance to anyone that maybe is going through that transition is like when you first step out of the box, it's really lonely and it's really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you're sort of there on your own. Like you said, you're like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm shifting and it's like that transition phase where you don't really have any relationships or friendships or people with that interest because you sort of just made the move and that's what makes people really uncomfortable and just step back in and go, oh, no, I, just, I won't do that. I'll move back home. I'll do this or whatever. And for some people, that's the right choice as well. That's really important. But it is lonely at the start. Um, and there's a there's a saying and it says um, if it's lonely at the top, there's a saying it's lonely at the top. And I don't know if I believe with that. It's not lonely at the top. If it's lonely at the top, you're probably doing it wrong. Like you need to find people there with you, right? And transition. So even though it's uncomfortable and it is a little bit lonely at the start, trying to find new friendships, as I said, over time, especially when you change your environment, those friendships, they're there, they just condense. They're more impactful. They mean more. They have more purpose. They're not so superficial and and so shallow as well. But if you do want to change, like the easiest way to be able to do it is to change your environment, change the people that you're spending your time with, change your network and have your own beliefs challenged as well. Yeah. How good. That's a great wrap up. Very warm and fuzzy. Thank awesome. You. <laughs> well, we hope this um episode resonated. I'm sure it did with um anyone that's going through this. You're probably like, how did they know? I was thinking that. So I hope that it resonated. Um, and if it did, make sure that you take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Thanks, everyone.